Hi, and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and in each episode, I will discuss and explore the key challenges facing family businesses today. As a family business advisor, I'm passionate about helping families to overcome the complex and unique challenges that come from being in business together. So if what I cover in the show resonates with you, I'm here to help, and I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me at fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. You can also sign up to the newsletter there and receive the latest blogs, podcasts and videos directly in your inbox. I would like to thank my friends at the Institute for Family Business for their continuing support for what I'm doing with this show. The IFB is a unique community of family businesses with common challenges, interests, values and goals. To find out more about their work, visit ifb.org.uk. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Family Business Podcast. We are drawing our special series on the quest for legitimacy to a close today and talking to Jamie about, amongst other things, the role that humanising the giants in our lives can play in us being able to walk in the land of giants ourselves. Um, It's a fascinating conversation. I'm really excited to be bringing it to you. If you have already ordered the book, which you can do so from the Quest for Legitimacy website, which is questforlegitimacy.com, please do leave a review on Amazon. If you've enjoyed the book and it's resonated with your own experiences, please head over to Amazon and leave a review because it will help others find the book. And that's um, kind of our mission here is to try and bring this to as many people and help as many people with this as we possibly can. I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break over the summer. There might be a couple of in-between episodes that um, get released that I'm due to record shortly, Um, but we'll be recommencing the series-based approach in uh, September time. So excited to bring you some new episodes there. As always, if there's anything that you particularly want covered, please do get in touch. Um, But for now, enjoy the last of my special interviews with Dr. Jamie Weiner on his incredible research and book. Um, And in this particular episode, the role of humanizing the giants in our lives. I hope you enjoy it and I'll pass over to that conversation now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Family Business Podcast. I'm joined again by my friend and colleague, Dr. Jamie Weiner. Jamie, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Glad that I'm talking to a friend and a colleague. Fantastic. And we are continuing our look at the research um, that has led to the writing and publication of your book, which is uh, titled The Quest for Legitimacy, How Children of Prominent Families Discover Their Unique Place in the World. And this is the fourth recording of our Uh, summary of the discoveries that we made during the research and we've highlighted that there are four non-linear phases of the quest we have awareness we have tug of war exploration and then ownership and in our last discussion we spoke about breaking moments and periods of liminality and so the topic of today's show and I'm going to put you on a spot and um, ask you a a direct question in terms of what is it you are hoping people will take away from the research and reading your book? Well, I couldn't be put on the spot by a nicer guy, but uh, let's start. Let's start with the fact 
that um, the people we interviewed expressed that they were uh, that there was a tremendous amount of loneliness in the experience. Uh, that sense of there's nobody else in the world going through this but me. He, 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 and it's not irrational, right? And it's, there's an awareness that there are other people out there, that other people struggle, that maybe other people's struggles are the same or different. If you're listening and you think about, particularly at the height of a breaking moment, the, the, the first thing you kind of experience is, oh my God, I'm alone. It's, it's, it, this is all about me. And if we could turn that down for people, and if the research could lead to a sense of normalcy, that there's something normal about it, that, that alone would feel like a huge accomplishment for the research. The second part is, is the really finding ways for people to connect and feel like there's a path that that's, can be gone down. And that by sharing that path, by being on a quest, there is not only just the potential not to feel alone, but the potential to learn from others both about how do they handle the challenges, but also to begin to think about all the potential impacts and outcomes that people can have in their relationships. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the rising gen being very concerned about impact. I, I grew up in the 60s. There was a lot of talk about what we, how we were gonna change the world. You know, it's easier said than done. And if the research helped people stay connected to the wish, you know, we all got to figure out the basics, right? You get in a relationship, there's always something that goes along with being in a relationship. If you have kids, that's also always time absorbing. But having kids is also an opportunity to have an impact on another generation. Uh-huh. Both, both heterosexual and homosexual people are having kids one way or another. We've talked to people who aren't having kids, but have nieces and nephews, particularly in this case, uh, the space of family business and family wealth. The necessity to do things together heightens some of that. And a lot of the people we talked to, as they progressed along their path, found ways to have, to do something that would have impact on other people uh -huh. and uh, where they would feel that it, they would make a difference. Boy, that, I mean, I can look at my own life, you know, even doing this, this research with you and writing a book and, and, you know, on one hand it's, oh yeah, let's sell the book because you got to sell copies of the book. But the, the, the real win is if somebody reads the book and says, oh, God, I can see myself in it. Uh -huh. um, so I guess, I guess I could go on for uh, about it for a while, but I think those are the, the, the basics, the essentials. Uh -huh. I was going to mention that about 
your own life and your own experiences and and the the impact that this research can have and and that the book can have and the effect that has on again we talk a lot about this in in the, the field that we work in around legacy and part of my view on legacy is that that's not really decided until we're not here anymore and actually it's our impact that creates our legacy and by focusing on that impact and the things you can actually do to help and support people rather than what that means in terms of what people may say or think about us when we're no longer here I think it's more relevant to focus on those impact side of things and certainly the the feedback that we've had from everyone that has read the book in, in the lead up to the launch, particularly from those people that we spoke to during the research, is that the sort of main comment is we wish this existed whilst we were going through <laughs> the breaking moments that we've spoken to you uh, about. Uh, and obviously we can't do anything retrospectively, but I guess the hope is that moving forward, this becomes something that is talked about far more widely, far more openly with people so that um, not that we avoid the the challenge uh, and the, the the quest itself is something to, to be embraced and, and to, to be taken on. I refer to it in the sense that I'm a parent, as you know, of, of two uh, wonderful little girls and... I always find it when I see other people parenting and letting their kids run off and, and go wild, I think it's easier to say, oh, you've got to let them fall over and scrape their knee. You've got to let them kind of get their heart broken or whatever it is. When it comes to your own lives, it's much harder to do that because the, the kind of natural inclination to protect, and I guess that's what we're saying about the quest as well, is that there might be a natural inclination to go, we've got to help people avoid this side. Whereas what we're saying through the research and the book is we've got to be there to help support people as they go through this, right? So a couple of weeks ago, and this connects directly to what you're talking about, Russ, but um, my dad was a prominent rabbi. In, in many ways, it's, it's a similar kind of thing as starting a business. There's some clear differences, but that's not important right now. That at the time, first summer, couple acres of land uh, happened to be on a house that was the Carnation family's mansion, big family in the States. And the first summer there, they um, built a, a chapel just in time for services on Shabbos on Friday night. Um, I went back because they're thinking about naming the chapel after my father, which it had been before, but rededicating it. My father has been gone since 1980. The camp serves a thousand kids this summer. It's now 258, 50 acres. It's a city and it does things during the winter as well. That's a legacy, right? I mean, um, in the moments in my life where I wondered whether um, I could ever achieve or live up to him in, in that way, and for him it wasn't about making money, it wasn't about wealth, it wasn't any of that kind of stuff. And the reality is 
I have no no idea what the mark is going to be when I'm gone. Uh-huh. What the impact on my stepkids is going to be, who happen to like me, I like that. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> who happen to want to spend time with me, I like that. Um, my stepkids who've figured out um, how to have a relationship with me and their biological father. They have kids. I'm not going to be around for the final impact of that. So in some ways, all of us are left living the best life we can live. And you can't do that unless you take some ownership of your life. Mm. I'm curious in, in terms of the experience that you've had through the research and not so much in in terms of the research itself. Obviously, I I've been there and, and understand how much work went into writing the book and the importance of understanding the minutiae of detail that that was covered in the interviews that we had. So we we had twenty four participants. We had two interviews at least. They weren't short. They they were, you know couple of, of hours if not more in, in some circumstances and so there's an awful lot of information and time and experience that's gone into curating that into a book that is is full of stories of, of experiences that that we heard but but I wonder in terms of tying those experiences to the research how that resonated with your own experience in terms of your own quest for legitimacy and taking ownership. Obviously, the the, the prominence of your father is something that is, has been present your, your entire life. Uh, and I'm just wondering how this process has impacted on you in terms of taking ownership of that and, and your own quest for legitimacy. Yeah, it's great to hear you talk about it. Um... You know, we've been working on this for five years. And it, it seems like it should have gone faster. You know, 24 interviews twice, even if they were two hours each. Then finding a research team. Thank you to Joelle Haywa from the University of Adelaide in Australia and Frank Barbera or Francesco who's now at Ryerson University in, in, in um, Canada. All of that effort, and it took me a long time to go, hey, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> there are lives, that the lives of all these interviews that we've handed on to this research team, and my life, you know, and that's so different, right? Mm. Um, in the course of all of this, I got back a building in Berlin that had been my grandfather's before Hitler came to power. I found out that my grandfather on my father's side had started a clothing factory with two branches in, in Dresden, all before Hitler came to power. Oh, my goodness. I grew up in one of these families. And uh-huh. even the financial part, if not for Hitler, you know, it would have 
something who knows what would have gotten handed down. Yeah. Growing up in somebody's uh, as who was as prominent as my dad, there were moments of it being great that I was a cute kid. There was a moment, which a whole story in the book, where I got an opportunity at a very young age to deliver a sermon, which not many nine or ten year olds get to do. I was never going to be a, a baseball star, so I, thank God I had something, right? <laughs> My moment. Um, what happened for me, and I think it's what happened for happened for everybody else we talked to, is the prominence of your parents hangs out in a in the background, and for a good part of your life, they don't appear human, and they, they, they you know. You you know on some level they're human, but they're much more like um, the Wizard and the Wizard of Oz before the curtain got drawn than oh. anything else. They just have this huge presence that seems to hover above. And some people know Jay as he talks it about the shadow that uh, lies above. And that's kind of the, the the struggle part of the struggle in the background of growing up. Mm. I asked this question of a couple of the the people that we spoke to in terms of the point at which they'd reached in their lives and whether they felt that they were a giant. And again, putting you on the spot at this point in your life, do you feel that as this? helped you to kind of gain that feeling of of internal legitimacy that means that there are, you know, I know the answer, there are people that look up to you in that <laughs> sense and consider you a giant in, in their lives. You know, it's, it's such a funny question. I remember the first time in an interview where you asked somebody much younger than me who'd reached a life that she, she found somebody to live her life with, a life partner. She had some success. She talked about going back to her family and being an influence on the next generation. And you said, so let me ask you, are, are you a giant? And I think you knocked her off. I don't know if she was out of chair, but you knocked her off <laughs> wherever she was. And she came back and she said, yeah, uh, maybe I'm a giant, and it may be little G as opposed to big G compared to what her grandfather um, accomplished. I think two things go on at the same time it did for me. Very clearly, the writing, writing of this book and the response I've gotten has made me feel like, oh my God, I've done something significant. The other thing that's happened for me over the course of my life, and I think it happened for everybody we talked to, and there's a chapter in the book that focuses on it, is at some point, the curtain gets pulled back. <laughs> and you, you realize the giant is just a human being. It's just mortal. And I think that's kind of, it's a kind of bittersweet reality. Yeah. So in, in regard to my own father, 
He's still a giant, but I could tell you very human stories about who he is and what he struggled with. And how important do you think it is that that kind of, for want of a better phrase, that humanization of the the giant, the fact that we we might look up to the giants in in our lives, but understanding that they are or have been on their own quest for legitimacy. How important is that in in one sense of of humanizing and and empathizing with their experience, but also in terms of them being able to walk in the land of giants ourselves, that that element of understanding and and empathy that we can have for those that have gone before us. Does that hold significance in terms of how people should um, take take on what we've discovered in in the research? Because, you know, when you grow up, when I was growing up, I didn't go, even when there were hints about it, oh, yeah, my parents grew up in Germany in 1939. They had to leave because of Hitler. They ended up going by boat to what was Palestine at the time and then had to go through India and buy another boat. And both of them grew up in pretty, you know, nice homes to the United States and started all, all over. I, you know, it was sort of like, oh, yeah, well, that's an interesting fact. It, it was almost as if I was the one who couldn't let the humanness in. Mm. I think we just heard that repeatedly. And we heard it in different ways. We heard it in different ways from women than we did for men. It's kind of hold, hard to hold both the images in your hands at the same time, and as important as it is. And then what we're really missing is the conversations about it. I remember uh, one story, obviously, we, we spoke um, about the land of, of giants. And inevitably, in terms of the conversations that we had with the, the people that we spoke with throughout the research, we had an impact on them just by giving them an outlet for that conversation. And I remember um, one of them speaking about their father as a giant and considering him as a giant, but then looking back in retrospect and going, actually, it was a it was quite a clumsy giant. If, if you imagine that the person we spoke to considered themselves as, as kind of tending to the garden and keeping everything neat and tidy and in balancing roles within the, the family and <laughs> the business and, and the other operations, he then described his father as this kind of clumsy giant wandering around knocking plant pots off the wall and stepping on the flowers and ruining and I think that's a that's a wonderful image for the fact that the the the, his father was still a giant in his life but it was that humanization of it of mistakes were made and we are only human at the end of it and I think it's really important in terms of some of the outcomes from the research and encouragement that, that people can can take in terms of living up to to the achievements and, and expectations that others may have it is that the people that achieve things in life are human too right they they are they are mortal they are not they're not the wizard in in the wizard of oz that they are people who are trying their best and who are potentially making mistakes as they go along the way but at the, the end of it they they they're human beings I, I love that one because I also remember earlier on in his stories when he told about um, his dad rising from kind of meager beginnings and came to the country and um, 
and in over the course of his lifetime started um i think it was 10 businesses and at that point he was a giant without many holes in it right and uh and a little awkward to deal with him at times. Um, all of us have moments of awkwardness dealing with our parents, at least most of us. So we, we got two contrasting stories that had changed as much as he had changed over the time of our talking to him. Mm. And just, just on that theme of humanizing the, the giants in our lives, where do you see that having additional impact so for, for me it it i believe it will help in terms of conversations around transitions of worth or transitions of ownership of businesses of assets of things if there if there's a, a greater understanding in terms of the giant themselves so again if, if people listen to this and they think well actually i would consider myself a, a giant on this understanding that we're on the quest for legitimacy and that it's non-linear and that it's not you know, you don't get a badge when you go through the finish line of the quest to go, I'm I'm legitimate, and, and that, that stays in place for the rest of your life. I, the, the impact that this could have in terms of those types of discussions, I think, is profound because it, it, again, helps people to understand and better understand what's happening within their own lives and perhaps the lives of those that are happening around them. You have so many of the stories in the interviews that we had even the ones that went back 350 years, although the memory of that is not the same as if it's second generation or third generation, somewhere in all those stories, somebody came from something, right? You know, um, cobbler somewhere, you know, they came from some beginnings that were not what they ended up building. Right, you're born into one of those families, particularly your couple generations in it, and now the, these are myths. They're not stories. You don't have the connection. Um, we had a great example of that with somebody in a, a business that brought prominent automobiles to Costa Rica. You know, he, he didn't remember the founder of the business it was his grandfather because uh, he had died young. There is some struggle to make sense of those stories, make the other generation human. As you begin to emerge in the other expression, um, you've had Jim Grubman on uh, your show, and Jim Grubman said to me, yeah, it's really about being able to walk in the land of the giants to find your place. Yeah, and I think one of the points around the stories that we hear and the myths that we hear is, the amount of potential exaggeration that can happen over time and that there's elements of the kind of some of the negative elements falling away over time so that, you know, it comes from uh, a person doing something that's not insignificant and achieving something to them actually defying all the odds and beating everything and being completely flawless through it all. And they never showed that there was any kind of adversity in their lives. And, and some of the, um, humanization, the human element of all of our journeys can be lost over time as people kind of refine the story to, to pick out the highlights, which can then create giants. Right? I guess we, we spoke to families that had legacies of many hundreds of years, 
and all the good side of that is celebrated but it can be forgotten sometimes in the stories that those people that went before them would have been on their own quest would have been feeling that sense of um, wanting for, for internal legitimacy would have been having breaking moments would have been having periods of liminality in their life and that should offer everybody encouragement I think in terms of in our quest to measure up that the people that went before us had the, the similar emotions had the similar experiences just perhaps in, in a different time perhaps Russ what happens when in businesses and transition between generations and even within they're not transitioning yet is there's a tendency to focus for the darkest elements to rise to the surface, right? To get into disagreements about who's going to own what percentage of the goose that laid the golden egg, which is how I like to refer to it because it kind of captures all of it. Not as part of the study, but a very prominent family I knew. Dad gave almost everything to one sibling, not to another sibling. And upon his death, the sibling who got everything went back and divided it all evenly between the two of them. And I think when people begin to do things like that, they make the importance of who gets the most or who gets what less the issue than um, what does it mean to live a good life or at least a not bad life, you know, to, to end up feeling good about who you are and what you've done. That as an example to, to others who will follow us again, could be the creation of that shadow that, that we talk about in terms of the growing up in, in the, the shadow is it's, it, it shouldn't be seen as a negative. It, it's there and it's present, but um, it can be aspirational as well in terms of striving to have a positive life that, you know, those that have gone before you have set that example. Yeah, you know, we live in an age where psychology is focused on positive psychology. And I was trained in an in, in age where there was a lot of thinking about the darker side. You know, Freud, Jung, all those people thought about the darker side. And I'm excited by positive psychology. We shouldn't, you know, bury ourselves into, but to not acknowledge that both exist. And that also is why it's important to be able to rise above and Mm. to focus on the the things that connect us. Because they're there. Yeah. Particularly in families. Absolutely. And uh, as we draw this series to a close, just in terms of some sort of f- final thoughts from you, in terms of what you're, again, hoping people will take away from what we've been speaking about in these episodes, but also in terms of the book and uh, the research and as I say lots more information can be found at the website which is questforlegitimacy.com um, there's ways in which you can get in touch with us if this has resonated we would love to hear from you I mean we we had such a great time over that five years of of those interviews and the subsequent discussions I remember when we were having conversations with the research team the timing because of the geography was kind of early evening for you 
um, very early morning for Australia and, and midnight UK time. And <laughs> the, the enjoyment that came out of having two, three hour conversations about the research and uh, all the technical side of what went into this it, it is it's a long lasting memory for, for me. It may well also be a, a breaking moment when, when I reflect back on it, but I'm, I'm keen to um, hear from you as to, to your what you're hoping your, your key takeaways are from, from the people that have been listening to us uh, talking about this. So this opportunity to have this series has been kind of a great way to illustrate some of the key points that we discovered and to take them a little bit, you know, get a little bit into them. One of the people who endorsed the book started off by calling me a storyteller. And I was, I was absolutely thrilled with that because I think the part that both of us loved was all of a sudden you turn Zoom on with somebody you've never physically met before. And you ask them, what is it like growing up in the land of giants? And you have no idea what's going to come out of their mouths. It was like they wanted to talk. It was not a burden. It was like um, they lived with a lot of in quiet, so they wanted to share the stories. They did not want to be critical or cruel to generations that came before them that was was not their intent or their purpose. They weren't focused on how much money they're going to get. Or if they didn't come from money, they weren't focused on anything that were the gifts that would be coming from parents. They wanted to talk about their, their path of trying to figure out how to measure up. Stories are, are powerful. You know, that's, that's how we understand people. We understand people in stories. So I know we'll find a time to do more of that, but this has been a great foundation. Yeah, absolutely. We've got lots of plans in terms of bringing far more uh, information and, and stories from, from the research um, in uh, its own dedicated podcast, which uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, starting and recording um, with you. But for now, it, it's been a, a real pleasure, partly because the whole time that we've known and, and worked together, that the kind of the introduction that was made by Judy all those years ago was off the back of the fact that I had started this podcast. And it seems slightly strange in some ways that we're five years on and you're only just <laughs> going to talk about it, but we needed it to, to get to this stage to, to be able to share with people the, the experience. And um, it, it's been such an enriching part of my life and, and my experience um, having undertaken that and I'm I'm very much looking forward to what we've got planned with this moving forward but for now thank you for coming on the show and for sharing your your insights and wisdom from the research and yeah look forward to continuing this at another time fantastic thanks for listening I really do appreciate it if you found the show helpful, please consider leaving a review on iTunes and remember to subscribe to our newsletter. If what I've covered in the show resonates with what you are facing in your own family business, I can help. 
I provide consultancy support to family businesses of all sizes, so please get in touch if you'd like to know more. Head over to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. Until next time, take care.